You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new series called Joy, J period, O period, Y period. Uh, and the little subtitle is Learning to Pray God's Heart. So we are kicking off a series on prayer because if you didn't know, we are starting our 21 days of prayer tomorrow. And so when you came in on your seat, you should have got a little card like this. And uh, basically for the next 21 days as a church, we, uh, we are wanting and hoping that you will join us uh, praying over these different topics. Every, every morning uh, we will be releasing a small devotional, a five-minute devotional that corresponds with these points. And for today and then the next two Sundays the topics of discussion will be in line with these topics as well. And so we hope that you can join us uh, with that because it's going to be good. And, uh, and it's an opportunity for those of you that, that are like myself who uh, you just, you kind of don't get into, or you, you, you lose the habit of praying sometimes or reading your Bible sometimes. Is that just me? Okay, so good. So this is a great opportunity for you to to start over and to be like, hey, for the next 21 days, I'm going to pray and I'm going to get on my Bible and, and just see what God will do when you learn to, to just commit to him sometimes. So we hope that you can join us with that. Um, I also want to thank Nick, our small group director. He got this whole 21 days thing going and... Um, couple months ago, he said, Pastor, uh, you, you, it seems like you never know what you're doing with the 21 days. He didn't say it like that. He didn't say it like that. He didn't say it like that. But basically, he's like, you know, if, if you need help, I'm there to help you. And, and I'm one of those people, like, if you offer or if you make a suggestion and it aligns with the house, then I'm like, here, you take it. And so uh, he was very faithful and diligent and and getting people involved with that. And so uh, each day, one of, our, uh, one of our directional team leaders are going to be leading the devotional. So as you're not just going to hear from me. You're going to hear from, from everyone else, uh, from our pastors and, and from our uh, directors. Uh, and so it's just going to be awesome. So we hope that you can join it. So uh, thank you again also real quick for those of you that helped out last week at We Care. It was amazing. We had over 400 people uh, come and and, and visit uh, our home. And, and so we were able to just love on them and bless them. And so thank you so much for loving your city uh, so well. Um, but if you, if you have your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, we got it on screen. Uh, the text that I want to share with you this morning is found in John chapter 14 and verse 6. And it says this, verse 6. I have it in my notes, so I'll just read it and eventually it'll get to it. It says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you from the subject, Big Jesus. Big Jesus. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we love you. God, I thank you uh, so much for your faithfulness and your kindness uh, that you continue to show us, God. I pray that this morning, that the message that you've placed in my heart, that it would come forth in boldness and in clarity, God. Uh, 
Lord, right now, I just want to pray for each and every one of our hearts. God, I, I felt when, when I came in this morning that there are heavy hearts, God. And so, uh, Lord, that you would just help remove all the crud from this past week that we've carried with us and all the craziness that's going on in our, in our nation, God. We, we want to pray for those that have been affected by uh, the shootings, God. And, and uh, God, I, I believe that the local church is the hope of the world, God, and so that in these hard times, it's not our response to run and hide or to be scared, but in moments like these, in crises like this, God, it's your church who will rise up and point people to you. And so we thank you for the opportunity that we have to show people your kindness. God, would you be with us? Let us leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen. Amen, amen. Guys, I, this, like, he's not like this anymore. I have a, I have an eight-year-old. He's, he's soon to be nine. But uh, there was a time when he was just, he was like a super Christian kid. Super Christian. Um, he, he was, uh, he was guarded and sheltered and uh, mom and dad, we, we did the helicopter parenting. Like, we, it was just, and, and uh, he was just a very Christian, super kid. And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to kind of verse him in, in the lingo of culture, okay? Uh, I wanted him, I didn't want him to go to school learning cuss words or bad words from their friends. So I said, son, let's talk. And I said, buddy, there are going to be words that you are going to hear at school, and I just want you to know what they are. And so I went down the list of all, all the words. I don't know if that was wise, but I would. And so my, my heart behind it was like, I didn't want him to, to be like, oh, dad, I didn't know. Right? Like, because if he ever slipped up, I'm like, we remember that conversation? Right? And so, so we went, I went over uh, all the words with him. And, and my, my wife and I, we even threw in some extra words that we kind of just think aren't the best words. Like hate. Our kids are not allowed to say hate. We, 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 we told them that, hey, that, that's, a, that's not a nice word. And we, we shut up. We, we said, I know I sit here on Sundays, but, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but we're like, hey, don't, don't say shut up. To people. It's just they're not nice words. And so we have not nice words and then we have like bad words. And, and, and so here, here's why I'm telling you this. Uh, my son, uh, this was a couple years ago because he's just a super, super Christian kid. Like he's like he didn't know bad. He didn't say bad words. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, he what was funny about it is that once I showed him or told him all of the, the words, right, that none of us in here use. Um, <laughs> uh, once I told him, the, once I told him those words, some of you are just getting it now, you're like. <clears throat> well, once I told him those words, like, he, he knew the words. He didn't know how to use the words. <clears throat> he didn't know how to use them in the correct context. I'll explain. So we're, we're at this, again, this was a couple years ago, so don't test him. I'm sure he knows now. He's in third grade. <laughs> he knows how to use them. Um, 
but but uh, but a couple couple years ago, right? Like he's running around the house like a, just a crazy boy, and um, he's running he's running around the house, and all of a sudden, I hear a poof, like he he hits the wall, and he hits his knee on the corner of the wall, and he he falls, and I hear this. He's like, oh. And I'm waiting. I'm wait like I know where you're, I know where he's going. I know what he's about to say. Because he knows the words. I just told him. And so I'm waiting for him to say. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say the word. And he's like, oh, sh- shut up. Like in that moment, I'm a tad bit disappointed in him. Like, <laughs> like, like I thought he was going to say something else. Because that's how that word works. But he didn't know how. So he's like, oh, shut up. And I'm like happy and sad. And <laughs> but I was thinking about that. I was thinking about. <clears throat> how my son, he, he knew the word, but he just didn't know how to use it in context. And I began thinking, like, I, I think that's how a lot of us are when it comes to praying. Like, we've heard about prayer. We've heard others use pray. We've heard others pray. But when it comes to us, we're like, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how... I don't know how to pray. Like, we're, we're, we're out of, like, we, we just, we're like, we don't know. Is that anyone here this morning? Sometimes, like, prayer just seems, like, way too confusing. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. And so that's why I'm excited for the next three weeks. We're, we're going to look at this idea and topic of prayer uh, in fact, we're actually going to, it's broken down into three parts. Today, we're, we're looking at how, how do we honor and worship Jesus through our prayer. Next week, we're going to learn how do, how do we pray for others. And then the last week, we're going to learn on how do we play, pray for ourselves. And in fact, that's actually the model when the disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray Jesus? He gives us the Lord's Prayer. But it's broken down to first, we learn how to worship God, then we pray for others, and then we finally pray for ourselves. And so today, what, what I wanted to do is before we ever start to, to pray for others, before we ever start to pray for ourselves, I think we got to have the correct perspective of who we're praying to. See, because I think your expectations of the prayers that you pray are really based on how you see the person you're praying to. Does that make sense? Your expectations of what you are praying for is really determined by how you view the person you're praying to. So if you view God as just this small, meek, tiny, fragile God, then guess what? Your expectations of whatever you're going through you're going to be like, oh, man, he's just, he's either too busy, this is too big for him to handle, 
I just can't do it. And so what I want us to do this morning is to get the correct grasp of who Jesus is so that when we pray, we understand the magnitude of who he is in our lives so that our expectations when we pray will grow. Are you with me so far? Awesome. So, uh, so we're going to start in John chapter 14. We read chapter 6. I'm going to give you, or excuse me, we read verse 6. I'm going to give you a little context of what's going on. Uh, we've actually talked about this passage uh, in the past. It's, it's Jesus, it's his final moments on earth, and they're having a dinner party. Okay, but, but this is like the most awkward dinner party ever. Okay, you think your family dinners are, like this is crazy, okay? So <clears throat> I'm going to set it up for you. Here they are. They're, they're hanging out. They're, they're, eating, they're eating great food. They're drinking great non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and they're just, they're hanging out, right? They're hanging out. And then all of a sudden, you read the passage. Jesus, he gets up and almost implies that while they're still eating, Jesus gets up and he starts washing their feet. Okay, if you came over to my house for dinner and we're eating dinner and I don't even tell you, I just like start taking off, you're like, what is going on here? Okay, there we go. Now you understand what's happening here. So, so here they are. It's just this awkward moment. Jesus starts washing their feet. Great reason why he's doing it. Modeling the idea that we're here to serve each other. Love it. So he's doing that. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're, they're, he's done washing their feet. They're eating a little souffle, whatever. And then Jesus, out of nowhere, is like, uh, he's like, hey, someone at this table is going to betray me. Yep, someone here. You're the one that I'll, you're the reason why I'm going to die. <laughs> Imagine that. You're, you're like, Oh, that's kind of awkward. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't stop there. Like, I love Jesus because he's awkward. I'm awkward. It just, it just makes sense. And so, so right after that, right after he's like, hey, we're, you're going to be betrayed or someone here is going to betray me. Then he says this. He, he doesn't name that person by name, but then he names Peter by name. And he's like, you, Peter? Everyone's like, <laughs> Peter, you are going to deny me three times. Chirp, chirp, like that's that's so so awkward. Okay, so so here they are. They they just had this awkward moments with Jesus, and then he gets into uh, verse one of chapter fourteen, and it says this: Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So this is Jesus speaking, right after that awkwardness just took place. Verse two. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So Jesus, he's referencing heaven. He's like, hey, th there's, there's a place for you. Okay, that's, that's great news. Verse 3, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with where I am. You, and you will always be with me where I am. Okay, so... He's referencing, uh, so we know that he died, he rose again, he ascended, but we believe in faith that he's coming back for his bride, right? He, he calls the church his bride. And so 
um, he, so th- this, this is what, he, what he's saying. And then um, this is really funny to me because Jesus is like, and you know the way to where I'm going. They've hung out at least three years together doing ministry together. And I love Jesus' assumption of his buddies knowing what the heck he's talking about. Okay? Because he's like, and you know the way to where I'm going. It's like this awkward silence, like right now. And then Thomas speaks up. Verse 5, Thomas, uh, no, we actually don't know, Lord. We have no idea what you're talking about. We don't know where you're going. We don't know why you're going. He said, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Like He's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, we have no idea what you're talking about. That's basically what Thomas is saying. Jesus, you're talking, but I have no idea what you're saying. No idea what you're talking about. And then it's in this moment, that's when Jesus responds with, I told you I am the way, the truth, and the life. Within that statement um, is what I want us to break down for the next couple moments together. What Contextually, what Jesus is referring to is that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This idea that that, uh, uh, Jesus is the bridge between us and God, right? That's that's what he's saying, but I think that this passage is, is so much more than just letting us know that he is our bridge, He's our, uh, he's our bridge between us and God. But I think that this shows us really who Jesus is. And so what I want us to do is, is to look at that. And so for all you note takers, uh, this is going to be in your notes. So the first one, he says, I am the way. And here's, here's what I want you to know. Jesus is confident. Therefore, I can pray with confidence. Jesus is confident, therefore I can pray with confidence. I love the first response that that Jesus says right there. He says, I am the way. He doesn't even hesitate. I'm the way. Like when I read that, I was like, man, that, Jesus, you are so confident. Doesn't, isn't that like a confident statement? Like when someone asks me, like, how do I get somewhere? I'm like, you go this way, I think, (laughs) right? Like Jesus is standing and he's like, hey, I am the way. It's a confident statement that he's making right now. And and he's he's making this statement that I am the way. And I think a lot of us, or maybe just me, we don't really see Jesus as confident. We, we, we don't really see him as confident as he's displaying right here. In fact, a lot of us, we see Jesus this way. Go ahead. Watch, check up on the screen. I love this. He's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. 
just okay is not okay. Like, I love that. So, so the, the very first part is the nurse. They ask the nurse, like, hey, how is this doctor? And the nurse is like, he's okay. I think sometimes, if we're honest, our response to Jesus is like the nurse. We're like, ah, yeah, Jesus, I'm kind of confident that he can heal me. I'm kind of confident that he'll provide for me. I'm kind of confident. Are you with me? And so I think a lot of times we're, we're like that nurse where, where we just, like our confidence, we're, we're just not that confident in who Jesus is. But what I want you to really get this morning is I, I want you to understand, and I think it's very important that we all understand, that Jesus, when it comes to your calling, when it comes to your purpose, when it com- comes to your life, he is very confident. In you. He's very confident in himself. Let me say it this way. Jesus is confident in what he's done in your life, what he's doing in your life, and what he's going to do in your life. He is highly confident. But I think sometimes we just don't respond and and react that way. Jesus is confident. See, at some point, you and I, we both have to decide where we're going to place our confidence at. Who are we going to place our confidence in? See, I think a lot of the confidence that we have is really based on the perception of who we think is bigger or who we trust the most. And so... So, uh, so I love what the psalmist writes in uh, Psalms 118. This is in your notes. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Listen, it's better to trust in God, put your confidence in Jesus, than it is to put it in man. What is man? Like, man, like your own thoughts and your own ideas and your own strength. We got to put our confidence in the right person. We got to understand the confidence that Jesus has. And so, if Jesus is confident, that gives us permission to be confident. I'll say that again. If Jesus is confident, that gives us permission to be confident. So, when we pray, we can be confident that we're not praying to, to some God who does not care about what we're going through. We're confident. And we can pray confident because Jesus is confident. So here's number two. So Jesus said, I am the way. And then he says this, I am the truth. So this is your fill in the blank. Jesus is bold, therefore I can pray with boldness. Jesus is bold, therefore I can pray with boldness. So I love this. Jesus, he, he says, I am the way. And then he says, I am the truth. Now this is a big deal. Back then, but also right now, because when Jesus said that, here, here's the audience that he would have that would have been hearing him, the Jews and Gentiles, so those who were not Jewish. And so basically, Jesus, what he's saying is uh, for all the those of the Jewish 
descent, Jewish faith, you put your trust or you, you view your truth as the law of Moses or of the prophets. But Jesus is saying, but that's, that's, not, that's not I am the truth. So if the, if the Jews would have heard, the Jewish people would have heard that, they would have been like, oh, they would have cringed. Like, really? How can you say that? Now, if the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people would have heard that, they, for them, their truth was found in the philosophers and astro, 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 astrology. Astro, yes, that one. That's <laughs> high five. They would have found it in all of their lowercase g gods. That was their truth. And so Jesus is like, no, I am the truth. They would have been like, what? No. They would have got offended. And Jesus, he's making such a bold statement right there. Fast forward today, we all filter our decisions through our own set of truths. Here's what Jesus is saying to you today. I am the truth. Not me. He, he is the truth. False prophet, right? Like, <laughs> run. Um, Jesus is saying, he is the truth. Like, our decisions and our convictions are not filtered through the truths that we want to accept or the truths that we think works for us, but Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the truth. And he's asking us to filter everything through that lens. And that's a bold statement. Just let that sink in just a little bit. How bold of a statement of Jesus saying to you today, hey, whatever your ideology, whatever your philosophy, whatever your worldview is, it doesn't matter because I'm the truth. That's a bold statement, Jesus. But guess what? That's salvation. When Paul writes in Romans 10, chapter 9, he says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That word Lord, it's kind of like a weird word now, but that word Lord is literally, you could translate it to like boss. So when you're saying, Jesus, I surrender my life to you, you're basically saying, I'm no longer boss. I'm placing myself under you, and now Jesus, you are my boss. And that's the gospel. It's just this very bold statement that Jesus is saying. There's another bold uh, time that Jesus was just like very bold. Uh, you probably have heard the story. It's found in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, Jesus and his disciples, they're sailing, and the water is just super chill, and then all of a sudden it just gets crazy. The storms come, the water, or excuse me, it starts raining, the wind, and, and uh, like people are freaking out on the boat. Except Jesus, Jesus, he's, the, the scripture says that Jesus is on the bottom of the boat taking a nap. <laughs> and the disciples, they're freaking out. They're like, how can he sleep? 
And so you can read the text. They go down to wake up Jesus. They're like, Jesus, we're going to die. Ah! Right? Like, wake up. No, they didn't kick him. They didn't kick him. That would be weird. Um, but they're like, they're like, don't you care? And I love Jesus' response. So bold. So bold, okay? So bold. He, he gets up. And he goes to the, on the top of the boat, and he looks out, and he goes like this. Um, excuse me, when? Uh, I know you're busy, and, but can you just stop, just please? Like, my friends, they're scared, they're very scared. Um, so if you don't mind, can you just stop rocking the boat, please? That's what Jesus did. False. This, this text says that Jesus, he got, he went to the top of the boat, and in most translations, it said that he rebuked the wind and the rain. So it that, that word rebuke, it gives off this, 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 this feeling of boldness. It gives off this idea that Jesus got on top of the boat. He's like, hey, stop it now. And then all of a sudden, it stops. And the disciples, they begin to say, who is this guy that even the wind and the rain obey his voice? Listen, that's who we're praying to. We're praying to a Jesus that is bold. Three people. <laughs> we're praying to a Jesus that is bold. In the midst of the storm, he wasn't timid. He wasn't like, please help us. <laughs> he was bold in his faith of commanding the storms to cease. Here's how that applies to you and to me. When you're going through hell, there is a boldness inside of you through Christ Jesus that you can boldly declare storms cease, right? There's boldness. That's who we're praying to. Jesus is bold. And if he's bold, we can pray with boldness. Amen, somebody? I love Hebrews chapter 4. It says this, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when? When we need it the most. Your boldness comes forth when you need it the most. I love it. And here's the last one. Jesus is the victor, therefore I am victorious. So he says that I am the way, I am the truth. And the last statement that Jesus uses to identify himself is life. He says, I am the life. 
Now, I was thinking about this. If there is anyone who, uh, who has the street cred, if you will, to talk about life, it's someone who defied death. If there is anyone that was able to understand life, it's someone who just wouldn't stay dead. See, with Jesus, and, and for those of you, many of you already know the story, but Jesus was, because Jesus was bold, because Jesus was confident, he had enemies. Because of his boldness, because of his confidence, he had enemies. There were people who wanted to destroy his life. In fact, they actually did. They, they falsely accused him. They wrongly killed him. And they put him in the grave. And so here's Jesus. He's dead, lifeless for three days, the scripture says. And, and, and here he is, dead, could you imagine all of his enemies, those that didn't like the fact he was confident, that didn't like the fact that he was bold, like celebrating? We got him! Yes! That heretic hippie, he's dead now. We don't have to worry about it. They're excited because they think that they just killed Jesus. However, because we know the story and we're able to read ahead, we know that death wasn't able to keep him down. We know and we believe in faith that he was raised from the dead. And, and he defied, in that moment, he became victorious over death. Here's why this is so important. Because as you begin to pray with boldness, and when you begin to pray with confidence, all of a sudden, you're going to have haters all around you. You're going to have people that are around you that are going to try to bring you down. You're going to have thoughts that are going to try to bring you down. You're going to have feelings and emotions that are going to try to bring you down. But in the midst of that, you need to know that if Jesus was victorious, so are you. If Jesus was able to conquer what he was going through, if you could just learn to stay and to just believe and be confident and be bold and stay the course 
And even when it doesn't look like your prayers are being answered, even when it feels like nothing is going right, even when it feels like things are getting worse now that I'm praying, even when it just seems like it's not working out, if you can just stay the course, God is faithful. He's faithful. I'm excited that within these 21 days of prayer, that if we can start tomorrow understanding that Jesus is confident, so we can be confident. Jesus is bold, so we can be bold. Jesus is, a victor, is victorious, so we can be victorious. If we can start that tomorrow, that mindset, what we're praying for, and we just stick with it, maybe tonight when you go home, Write down a couple things that you're just praying God, praying to God for. Maybe three things. God, I'm, I want healing for this. God, I, I need answers for this. And then you start tomorrow, 21 days. You just pray with boldness, with confidence. And just see what God does. Maybe for some of you, he'll answer before 21 days. Maybe for some of you on day 21, like Revelation. Maybe for you it's going to take 48 days. But the fact of the matter is we have to have the correct perception, perspective of Jesus so that our expectations can match who he is. Amen, somebody? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.